Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the beginning, when there was no death, there was a tree of life. Isn't that interesting? Why did they need such a tree? What did it do? What did it give that none of the other trees could give? Well, we cannot speculate too much here beyond what the Word of God tells us. And all the Word tells us is its name. It was a tree of life. A tree with life in it. A tree that fed life, gave life. All the other trees except for one, could feed Adam and Eve and the children they would have. But these were not trees of life. Trees with life in them. Trees that give life. There was only one tree that could do that. Only one. That sounds a bit funny though, doesn't it? Because we know we must eat to live. And we know how we eat will, in a large way, dictate how we live. We know so much more now about food and nutrition than we've ever known before, what foods are necessary and which are better not eaten. There are all kinds of different diets and Plans, some I'm sure are healthier than others, some I'm sure make you feel better than others. I'm not criticizing any of them. People who discover one of these diets and is helped by it and sticks to it, I admire them. I am not so good, I am not so strong. But here's the thing no matter what you eat or how you eat, No matter what your diet, even if you have the perfect diet and stick perfectly to it. This too is true. You're going to die. Like all the other trees in the Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve. These trees of ours, these diets, these foods cannot give us life. They sustain it for a while. Maybe keep you going longer or better, nourish us. But in the end, they will fail. All of them. You, me, your spouse, your parents, your children, your friends. We're going to die. That's what happened to the people of Israel in the wilderness. After God brought them out of their slavery, out of Egypt, they needed food. And God gave them manna to eat, bread from heaven. And it was wonderful. It was miraculous. And it sustained them for a while. A long while, 40 years. But it was not bread of life. They died in the wilderness, a whole generation. Yet that was the kind of bread the people of Jesus' day We're looking for. Jesus' miracle reminded them of those days, the the good old days, bread from heaven. 
Jesus had made a good start. He had fed over 5,000 with just five loaves of bread and two fish. It was wonderful. It was miraculous. And so they came for more. Don't stop now, Jesus. Keep it up. Keep it up and you'll be just like Moses, maybe even greater. Don't stop now, Jesus. Do it again and then do it again and again. That's what we want, Jesus. Jesus knew that's not bread that can give life. Even Elijah's bread, that bread that we heard about in the Old Testament reading, a cake of bread and a jar of water brought by an angel. It was wonderful. It was miraculous. It kept him alive and going for 40 days and 40 nights. But it was not bread of life. Life-giving bread, bread with life in it. Had Elijah not been taken by a whirlwind into heaven, he too would have died, just as he wished. Just like all the other prophets. Because instead of eating from the tree of life, the tree with life in it, the tree that gave life, Adam and Eve decided instead to eat of that other tree, the one with death in it. And that brought about this other interesting reality, that in the beginning when there was no death, there was a tree of life. Then when there was death, there was no longer a tree of life. God barred Adam and Eve and their children from that tree. The tree given to nourish the living could no longer be eaten. For now, they were dying. But we hunger and thirst for life. Dying is not right, and we know it. Dying is not natural. Not normal, no matter what so many in the world try to convince us of that it is. So we hunger and thirst for life, and we chase after it. But we've been dying for so long. Do we even know what it is that we're chasing? Maybe that's why it's so hard to find. For think, think about it for a moment. What are you chasing? What are you going after in your life? That's where we think we'll find the life we need. Maybe it's education, accomplishment, success. Maybe it's power, popularity, or riches. Maybe it's all your desires fulfilled. Though some think it's all your desires denied. Maybe it's having a purpose in this world, value, meaning. What is it for you? What are you chasing? But people who have done those things, achieved those things, where are they now? 
So maybe, just maybe, Jesus is saying today there is a better way. Maybe it's not what we're chasing after all. But God chasing us. That's what happened in the beginning when Adam and Eve began dying. They hid. They couldn't go to God. But God came to them, chased them, dragged them out of their hiding places and gave them the promise of a savior. One who would restore the life that they had tossed aside. They were dying and so could no longer eat of the tree of life. But now they began to live again. Because as we heard Jesus say today, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes, whoever believes the word and promises of God has eternal life. And that's what was happening throughout the Old Testament. God chasing after the dying and giving them life. Chasing them through his prophets to drag them away from whatever they thought was giving them life. That they find their life in him. And now it was happening in Galilee, in Judea, in Capernaum. Jesus is the son of God who came down from heaven to chase after and drag people out of their sin, out of death, out of our poor substitutes for life That he has come to give. And restore us to true life. That we see in Jesus the promise to Adam and Eve. That we see in Jesus the one that we're hungering and thirsting for. That we see in Jesus life. And live. For as Jesus said, this is the will of my father. That everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him, believes what God has said about Him, believes the word and promises of God in Him, whoever looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. And I will raise Him up on the last day. And so there is life again. Life that death can no longer end. In Jesus. For the one with only life in him dies. So that we who have only death in us may live. Or we can say it this way too. The one with no sin becomes the sinner and takes our place in death. So that we with only sin may be sons of God and take his place in life. The people who heard Jesus grumbled at that. We know where you came from. We know who your parents are. We know where you grew up. You are not who you say you are. Surely we can have life without you, apart from you. People today grumble that as well. Maybe you have too. But those who ate the manna died. 
and those who eat all the breads of this world that are all also from the hand of God, by the way, will die. There's only one who can raise you to life again. The one who died for you, but who himself rose from death in the grave and left it behind. A conquered foe. And this resurrection to life, Jesus has promised to you. In the words of your baptism, in the words that we heard today, his words of promise that he will not cast you out. He wants only to save and give life. To save us from ourselves. From our sin. From our sinful desires. From chasing after all that cannot give us life. And give us himself. And his forgiveness. And his life. True life. Life that will last forever. And so now for us. Who have been set free from death. By grace through faith. In the promises of God in Christ Jesus. To us who have been raised to life again in Christ Jesus. Baptized into his death and resurrection. For us in Christ Jesus there is again a tree of life. Jesus has restored us. And so so now new food for the new Adam in us. But not the same food. Now the body and blood of Jesus. The bread of life. Why do we need such food? What else do we need when we're saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus? Well, what did Adam and Eve need with such a tree? When there was as yet no death in the world. And yet God put it there for them. A tree of life. A tree with life in it. A tree that fed life. And so too for us. Though we know a little bit more about this food. The body and blood of Jesus is food for our journey. We've been saved by Jesus. And he put here food for life. Food with life in it. Food that feeds the life he has given us with his forgiveness, his life, and his salvation. That we may be his own and live this new life he has given us, this new life no longer for sin, but for him. This new life that St. Paul described today in the epistle. As imitators of God, as beloved children, walking in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And so forgiving one another. Doing good for all. And chasing not after the things of this world. But rejoicing in the God who has chased us down. And given us life. Well finally if if you're not convinced yet. Think about this too. That in Revelation chapter 22, the very last book of the Bible, the very last chapter of the Bible, where we are given a picture of paradise and eternal life. You know what's there? Yeah, 
the tree of life. Why do we need the tree of life when we have eternal life, when we're there? When there is no more death? Well, perhaps this is the way we should think. Because life is never ours. Our possession. It is always the gift of God. For however long he gives it to us. Even in heaven. So this is what eternal life means. The promise. That he will give us this life. His life. Eternally. Forever. And never stop. That we will never be barred from the tree again. That we will never be separated from God again. That we'll be with him and live with him eternally. Because of Jesus. Because we are sons of God in him. So he is feeding us now with his life. And so he will feed us forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.